back. Um, this is going to be part three of incorporating the shadow self uh, with Andrew Morelli. And, uh, you know, we're continuing here. So go ahead and get where you left off. All right. So moving forward, I ended up getting on a flight going down to Florida. I'm going to a treatment facility, which I'm forever indebted to. And I actually ended up working there afterwards. Um, spent the next five years working. Would you mind sharing the name of the institute that you're going uh, Yeah. So the name is First Step Behavioral Health in okay. South Florida. Love them, will forever love them. Um, they are incredible, incredible individuals. The incredible ownership. Um, like I said, forever indebted to them. I went through their facility, then volunteered for a year and a half, and then worked there for another three years, four years. Nice, nice. Um, <clears throat> a lot of time in Florida, you know, it was just re rebuilding self, rebuilding, getting better. I started to emerge as, as a, a new person. I wanted to jump into the addiction field. I wanted to become an addiction counselor. And as I understand, you did a, uh, a talk in front, back in your hometown. Yeah, so after I was two years uh, two years clean, I ended up, I had this idea, so I lost a, a, a friend of mine who had graduated from the previous drug overdose. High school? High school. Okay. And, um, yeah, because I didn't graduate college. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so a high school friend of mine ended up dying of a drug overdose, and so I was home at the time um, when I found out, and so I said, I want to do something about this. I want to, I, I want to, I wish I could just speak to these kids, and so I, I sat with my mom and came up with this idea. I went to the chief of police, and I said, look, you know, you guys bring in these people to come speak, you know, for the high school kids, and I'm like, that's great. Like, I'm not, there's a lot of power in a lot of people's stories. Like, um, I think it's Chris Heron, who was a professional NBA player, addicted to drugs. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal story. To a high school kid, they're going to idolize him right. rather than, you know, see his story for what it is. Like, mm -hmm. I was just like, you need to have someone who's in these seats, who's been where they've been, to share, like, I was a three-sport athlete in high school. Yeah. An average student, but, like, I was addicted to heroin. Right. You know, so I got the opportunity and came up. I had, I had asked two people to come speak with me, um, two other kids that graduated with me. Um, and we spoke in front of uh, the entire student body and then like 600 members of the community that night. And we separated into three different, you know, That's great. Um, opportunities, which was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. Um, and my goal out of all those people was just to affect one. Yeah. If I could affect one person, and it was funny because I had a parent come up to me yeah. um, and say that, I don't know what you said to my son earlier today, but he came home and just kind of isolated himself in his room and, and just, you know, was going through some emotions. And I was just mm -hmm. like, there it is. Yeah. The, the proof I needed that I was able to positively affect one person. Yeah, there you go. So after all that. Yeah, so move forward. You know, I, down in Florida, I was looking to become an addiction counselor. Um, you needed a, um, three years experience working with I had five at the time. Yes. The board would not approve of my work experience. Really? Being an addiction counselor. Um, I appealed it. Denied. Appealed it again. Went to the top. Jeez. Denied. What was the reason that they were denied? They said my work experience did not apply to, um, to what I was doing. And I was uh, managing a sober living at the time, mm -hmm. or helping manage a sober living at the time. I was... You know, helping run groups. Um, 
I mean, you name it, I was doing a lot. So it would it would it, it would have been constituted yeah. as me doing, and I've worked for the same facility for wow. five years. There's people who've been there that have done less who've been able to and who have not been through what you've been through. Correct. So now that you didn't, so you went to appeal the you did not appeal. What what happens now? So at that point, I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do at this point. Like I've appealed it, it's been denied. I can't unless I go through and work for you know another year and a half, which is what they're asking of me, doing a completely different role. I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so a friend of mine who lives out in California decided to, he's just like, look, if you want to come out and move out here and start fresh, you know, I kind of have a little opportunity if you want to jump in. I was like, all right, cool. Sounds good. So back with my car, he flew out here. I picked him up at the airport and drove to California. Um, Started over out here. I was working in the substance abuse and mental health out here initially. Got it. Um, for probably the first year and a half, mm-hmm. I was out here doing that. I was also doing photography on the side. Okay. Um, and the field became so toxic to me. It started to become more about money, less about client care. Mm-hmm. And I'm a very big advocate for client care because okay. of the way that my facility was. It's it was yeah. all about the person. Yeah. It was all about getting that person better. Out here from where I worked, it was not so much. It was how much can we collect out the door. Yeah. Wow. And so I decided to look for another position. And in turn, I ended up finding my my job mm-hmm. with the beverage company. That's right. Um, and, and which I interviewed you for. And which you interviewed me for. <laughs> yeah. You were just like, I got faith in this kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at this time, at this point in time, you come in, you work for this uh, the substance abuse um, uh, facility, and uh, you're in a relationship, right? Um, so, yes. Yeah, so I was. I got met my ex, uh, my ex-fiance at the time, and, or fiance, now ex-fiance. Um, met her back in August okay. of 21. Mm-hmm. August of, August of 20, sorry. August oh, this was recent then. August yeah. of 20. Um, yeah, so we were together for just like a year and three months, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, we lived together. You know, I had proposed, you know, asked her to marry me, was planning on spending the rest of my life with her. And I was absolutely head over heels in love with this woman. Now, you have, you, you've already, you, you've overcome addiction. Mm-hmm. You've gotten the help. You you um, help you are a, a huge impact in these facilities. I mean, you have great great work ethic in what you want to do in helping people. That is, is phenomenal. You're you're on a, you're on a great road. You're on a great path. You're strong, beautiful you're sober. trajectory. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, and and it's a total change. I mean, you talk about black and white. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the yin and yang. Dude. <laughs> yeah, you did a full fucking turn. Yeah, and that is awesome, dude. You come to California. Come to start fresh. Uh, you meet you meet a, a, a woman who you love, and uh, you're you're making plans. You're planning for the future. Well, we were actually planning to uh, move out of the state and buy a house and wow. back, you know, back east, and um, you know, kid talking about kids, talking about. I mean, everything was was set. We yeah. were ready, you know, and and like if it, at least from what it seemed. Yeah. Right. But you take a leap. You take a leap out of what you're not used to doing. Yeah. You're taking a leap from not – you're so fixated on the future and yourself and everything that's going on and, and this other person you're involved with. You step out of your lane. Yeah. And you apply for a beverage company. Yeah. And 
that's how driven you are to make change. Yeah. Change I your was life. Ready, I was ready to change whatever, whatever's coming in my path. I've always been there. I was yeah. like, do whatever I need to do to change. I've been through death. I've lost, you know, from, from when I was a kid, right. through drug addiction, through the loss of relationships before. Nothing as serious as this one. But there, there's just been, I've persevered through, through a lot of things, you yeah. know, I've gone through hell on a lot of different yeah. things. And this one was just another piece of hell that I needed to get. So unpack that a little bit for now, us. Now, before you go into that, when I interviewed this guy, mm-hmm. this guy had spunk. I mean, he had energy. Yeah. He had, I just saw it just in his body language, the way he talked. I, I, I knew, I, we need, I knew this guy. Yeah. <laughs> we knew this guy. And sure enough, he got in and... and and uh, this guy went from zero to 60 in a matter of months. And in a matter of months, there was a, sh- a very strong change in our district. And I had to make a hard choice. Mm-hmm. This guy's work ethic, the, the things he did, the hours he worked, it didn't matter what I asked him to do. He stepped up mm-hmm. and, and nailed it. This guy would run through a freaking wall. He's a human forklift, this yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> And you know what? Um, I mean, and there were some tough days. Like, yeah. we worked some tough days with normally having four guys or five guys, and we were down to two. Down to two. And single-handedly take out a whole territory. Yeah. Well, not if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, uh, but yeah. Part. I mean, I just, I came in, like, hitting the ground running because like, yeah. I, knew, I knew what I was capable of doing. And he was hungry. And I wanted it. Andrew, tell me if I'm wrong by saying this, but people like me and you, Kind of become masochist, bro, because that's kind of been <laughs> our lane through our journey. It's like that's where we live. Yeah, fucking grit. Like, yeah, fucking bring it. Yeah, pressure's on. Pressure's like, on. Give me, like, give it. it to Let's me. Let's go. I need I it. Thrive under I need it. How are you gonna break me now? Come yeah. on. Let's go. Is that all you got? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> right. I remember it was like you know when I first started in the position, it was like okay, you're gonna work over and. In Corona, right, and then it was getting a phone call from David saying, "All right, I need you to go to Hemet and yeah. do." Now that's a good distance away, right. so it was like, "I need you to go do this and, and this." And I'm like, right, "Let's go." Let's but I, I wasn't, and you know, I was obviously in leadership at the time. But um, as as time went on, I wasn't just a leader; I cared about people, mm-hmm. and that was frowned upon. It was very. It looked. It was looked at as very. It's ugly. not corporate culture no, anywhere. It's it's and and that was yeah. honestly, it's probably one of the biggest things that saved me is how much this man cares. Yeah, like that has saved me in these last, especially in these last six yeah. months. I have never met somebody very much like that yeah. in a very very long time. Yeah, and. Uh, kind of keys into where we're going with this. So six months into the job, I get promoted, and right. I get promoted um, to the next step. And he's a leader. He's a leader. To become yeah. a leader. Yeah. And the very same day, not eight hours later, my experience at Drexel Hemet. Yeah. And my world shifts yeah. completely upside down. And there was this this thing that I read, and it was just like, I'm not. I wasn't necessarily also, I mean, it was a big part of it, but I wasn't mourning the loss of the relationship itself. I was also mourning the future that I was planning. Yeah. My whole future is now gone. Yeah. Like, I had my future planned with this person, and all of a sudden it's just whoosh, uprooted and gone. Yeah. 
And the very next day, I picked up the phone. First thing when I got to work, I called David. I said, yeah. David, look, my ex just broke up. Yeah. He was just like, dude. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I need to get out of here. He was just like, hold on, hold, wait a sec. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Right. So I get where you're coming from. I completely understand. And for the next three weeks, this man was on the phone with me every single day for like three fucking days. Sometimes like, twice a day. Sometimes twice. Sometimes three, three times, times a day. Yeah. And just because he cared about me. And the, he knew the type of person that I was. He knew who I was. And he believed in me. And it was just like he spent that time because he cared about his people. I mean, it's not just about me. I mean, he cared about everybody. Later on down the line, he he started to figure out, like, holy shit, he's calling this guy, he's talking to this guy. And in the conversations that I'm having with him, he's yeah. referring to you, and I'm yeah. like, I don't know this guy, but I love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, wait a second, and yeah. it all is coming full circle. Right. And and he said the things that needed to be said to me at that moment right. when they needed to be said. Yeah. He didn't say everything. Yeah. He said what needed to be said in that moment to get me yeah. through that moment. And a lot of people are worried, you know, initially, like, oh, is he going to drugs again no. or is he what's gonna happen like I was distraught I was a mess I was crying this, this, the phone call I got from the, oh my god I was in tears tears every day for like two weeks man cause it was yeah. you know I've never had that type of thing happen we and were we, living together we were preparing I was a part of her family's life part of her kids life huh you're part of her kids life I'm part of her kids life and that's just, that's just huge cause you're coming from some place where you conquered and moved on, and, and you you developed, and you the, the the changes you made. I mean, just how, I mean, how impactful is that? Yeah. Well, you know, Dave, I'm I'm gonna chime in right here, yeah, real quick. absolutely, Andrew. The universe is gonna respond to you in your vibration, and it's gonna give you all the things that you ask for, and it's gonna put you on the upward spiral. And then it's going to send something to destroy you mm-hmm. to see if you've actually really changed. Mm-hmm. Because when everything's going great, sure, everything's going great. But when you fucking get knocked on your ass again, <laughs> yeah. that's the test. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the test. It was. It's meant to come like that. It's Listen, I, I've seen it in my own journey, bro. Mm-hmm. That's I've, true. I've seen it in my own journey. Like, oh. This motherfucker's happened. Let me snatch everything away from him right now and see if you really changed. Mm-hmm. What's that quote you like to use about family? If you really think you're... Oh, yeah. Well, that's... It, 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 I, I'll, I'll say the quote, but... I mean, it's... Um, there's a quote in spirituality. You know, it's a spirituality meme, and I think it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, if you think you're in light, spend a weekend with your family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how fucking so light you are. Yeah, we'll see how... You, you know? Right. Like, which leads me to this... Well, I... Yeah, fuck it. I'll say it. What uh, you know? What I mean, I'm, I'm working on, on. It's a working title in my hand, but you know what I mean. It's like, um, uh, dinner night or nightmare. You know what I mean? Dinner night. Because you know what I mean. Like I was thinking to myself, like, yeah, we gotta make a show about fucking just how hard it can be just sometimes to have a fucking dinner with your own fucking family. You know what I mean? But anyways, to get back on but, this. So uh, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you know, when it initially hit me, it was, you know, like the, the, 
the negative self started to come into play. Right. Like, I started to, and we were living together, so I was still living there for like a week after, yeah. four, four, four days, five days afterwards. I was like, how could you do this to me? Right. And that negative self started to come back in and was like starting to take over again. Mm -hmm. And it was David who had, had you know, said, a, a, like, you know, forget about all that. Mm -hmm. Just kept kept that motivation for me. Like, look, you didn't, you're not married. You didn't have kids. You got out of this. Like, this happened for a specific reason right now. You dodged a bullet. You and, dodged a bullet. And I gave you my situation. I and walked through my shared, history. Yep. I shared what happened to me, what I'm going through now, what I'm still going through now. Yeah. And it, he was like, whoa. Andrew, when I was dying from cancer, bro, Dave, David would always call me, right? And he told me, you know, about the shit that he was going through in his relationship. And I, was, <laughs> and I told him, David, I'm dying from cancer, bro. <laughs> And I wouldn't fucking trade places with you. <laughs> I wouldn't fucking trade places with you if you fucking begged me to. <laughs> and you have cancer. And I'm like, and I have cancer, bro. And I said, you fucking asshole. <laughs> Jesus, it was fucking brutal, bro. It was brutal. Andrew, it was brutal. I was like, fucking guy, Like, how do you even do it, bro? Like, how do you put yourself in this situation with these these toxic relationships, you know? But see, the... Like, I asked the question, but I already knew what it was. See, in every relationship, bro, whether it be friends, whether it be, uh, you know, work acquaintances, whether it be clients, whether it be, you know, you're only going to invite people that are in the same vibration. Absolutely. 100%. So if, if you, you know, end a bad relationship and you want to be quick to say, like, oh, well, she was horrible. No, 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 no. There was two people that yeah. fucking... How to dance at this? You yeah, know what absolutely. I mean? So your your vibrations attracted that fucking person. So if you think she's trash, throw you yourself in there. Throw side. yourself in there as well because you're just as trash, bro. Because vibration attracts like vibration. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So you're either vibrating down here or you're vibrating yeah. up here, and whatever you're gonna vibrate in is what you're gonna bring. Exactly. In. Exactly. And, and it was you know, life doesn't give you what you want; it gives you what you are. Exactly. I'll say that again. Life yeah. doesn't give you what you want. It gives you what you are. Mm -hmm. so, so if you think your evolve. life sucks, then fucking get it together yes. and be better. Evolve. Yeah. If you're, you're when you stop sucking, life will stop sucking. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was it was crazy to think back because once I finally was able to move out and, and I was still talking to David and I started to throw myself back in to me. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I need to get myself right. Right. I saw a counselor through work, six different sessions. Mm -hmm. um, get, I, yeah, the, the programs. Yeah, the programs that, that work, that the, your job will offer you. Just remain anonymous. Like, yeah. just utilize, I utilized everything. Every resource. Every resource that there was, I utilized. Right. And immediately, I, I cut the negative, like, two, three weeks in, I was just like, all right, you need to look at you. And I started to see I got so comfortable in the relationship. Now, I could sit here and pinpoint and pick at different reasons where she was wrong. Yeah. It means nothing. It means nothing. Look at yourself. You yeah. got to look at yourself and what you did. And I started to really take a look at myself. And man, it was ugly. I did not like doing that. But yeah. I knew I had to. Yeah. I've had to look at myself in different situations and right. different scenarios before. 
So this is what is another one of those. And I'm not saying it was easy by any means because yeah. I was still crying. I was still I, yeah. upset and like just beside myself. But I started to, I started to get better. Yeah. And, and I he, like that you told me that. He yeah. would tell me about his talks he had with himself. Like, wow, I realized that I was, I did this in slash relationship. This is what I tried to do last time. Like, wow, I'm always trying to please do everything for everyone. But what and about I, and, me? And the biggest part of that relationship that I did wrong, this really past relationship that I did wrong was I gave up me yep. for her. Mm-hmm. I let go of me and dedicated to everything her. In yeah. to her. Yeah. And when I lost that, I not only lost because myself was within her, I didn't just lose her, I lost me. You lost your foundation. Yeah. I lost everything. Yeah. And it was just literally everything was gone. So it was like starting literally from what I felt like was ground mm-hmm. zero, but it it wasn't necessarily ground zero. It was just like, all right, like you got some kinks that you got to work out. Yeah. Like, let's figure this out. Yeah. Let's figure out step by step, one by one, what you got to figure out. To get you were using that relationship as a crutch. Absolutely. For something that's still not sustainable in you. You know? Listen, I've been in several relationships before. And recently I'm talking to somebody, right? And I'm like, I'm growing very fond of this person. You know what I mean? And I'd say that for the first time, I'm 44 years old, man. I've been in several relationships before where I thought I was in love. Mm -hmm. My friend, that's not the case. I didn't even love myself. Mm -hmm. How could I be in love with somebody else if I didn't love myself? Psychologically, that doesn't even make fucking sense. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? So I've been in several relationships where I thought that I loved the person, but they were just a crutch for something that was missing in me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I was, I've always actually been very uh, self-aware, you know what I mean? And I used to realize, I used to tell David and a couple of my other friends, I usually date girls that I can fix because it's easier for me to fix them than to fix myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You understand God. what I'm saying? Yeah, you are me. Yeah, bro. <laughs> we're, I'm sorry. We're all that fucking person. Yeah. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, so it, it would give me a, a sense of like some some type of accomplishment, some type of growth in me. Congrats. I, congrats. Yeah, I knew I couldn't fix myself. So let me do the next fucking best thing and, and find else. this, you know, broken, you know, uh, psychologically broken woman and try to fucking piece her together yeah. and give her the best fucking life that she can have. Yeah. You know what I mean? But... It was the wrong fucking approach. And I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I knew it was, it was just easier for me to fix somebody else than to fucking fix myself. Absolutely. You know, but until I fucking said, okay, I, I, this is not sustainable. Because mm-hmm. all the relationships fucking fell apart, bro, because it's not sustainable. Yeah. You know, it's like if you build this fucking beautiful home on fucking, you know, uh, quicksand as fucking foundation, the shit's going to sink. Yeah. The foundation's fucked up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or if you build a, a relationship on lies, you know what I mean? Like, most of them didn't know that I used to, bro, like, I was so good at fucking being a drug addict. <laughs> no one would ever fucking know I was high. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know that. No one would ever know, know, no one would ever know I was high. Yeah. You know? No one would ever know I was high. Yeah. But I was high all the time. It's easier for me to find a picture uh, where I wasn't high than to find a picture where I was high. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's just like, you know what I mean? But I, like, I wore it well, and you know what I mean? It's Absolutely. like, I wore it well, you know what I mean? I tell David, I was like fucking Venom. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, come on, fucking Jesse Cox. I can't know you want to change. You are a loser. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it was always that fucking constant fight, but you know what I mean? Like, in appearance, I was always a gentleman. I was well-spoken and very articulate. Very respectful. Very respectful. Carried myself well, you know what I mean? Because I was around a lot of corporate people. You know what I mean? I've learned. I'm. I'm. I've always been a sponge for picking up what I'm around. Yeah. You know what I mean? What does David call me? You, you, you become like a chameleon, a, a parasite. He calls me a parasite. You know what I mean? Right. And and to me, that's one of the biggest compliments anyone can give me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Parasite. Yeah, because you know it's like I adapt and then I become. It. Yeah, you become. You're a chameleon. Yeah, I'm a chameleon. You become. You become your environment. Yeah. Like you, you know become. What I mean? Like now, I have different groups of friends that I would never mixed together because they would never get along right but i can be everybody that people need me to be you know right, but, even, sure. but even beyond that you know people even love me more now because i'm just myself yeah right? and that's the best thing i could be absolutely and that's the best thing i could be everybody loves i love me now you know what i mean mm-hmm. even with all my fucked up story and you know the shit that i say that's not the most glamorous and, and by me by no means do i ever want to glamorize that because it's nothing to glamorize yeah. you know what i mean it's nothing to glamorize you know what i mean but that's what it was you yeah. know what i mean you were you were and, trying to fix somebody else and the relationship started on a, it started with lies like with lies. not on my side, but like it came out at the end mm-hmm. that like you know she didn't want to be married again. She didn't want to have kids, mm-hmm. and that could have been a lie. I yeah, don't know, but yeah. like that, if you didn't want that from the, my goal in life was to like the one thing I want to be is a father. Yeah, and so like if that if you weren't gonna be that one, then we should have never even started this. At, at, at this point in time, you are now thinking about you know you you're you fix some things and you've addressed some things, and now you're saying. This traumatic thing happened, and it, it, you fell, it crumbled, but what'd you do? You pick yourself back up. Like a phoenix. Yeah. Rising the ashes. Exactly. No. And now you have taken these steps now where you're, okay, I need to find me. Yeah. And that's exactly what you did. Absolutely. Your work ethic grew. You you went, you, you were still in a roller coaster those days I would talk oh, to you. Yeah. And um, it was an everyday fight with you. You'd call me on your lunch breaks. You'd call me on, and I would always pick up. Absolutely. People would always complain. David's always on his phone. David's always on his phone. I said, you know what? Fuck that. These these stupid check marks. These these processes. This shit we do on the iPad. It means nothing. That does not define an employee. What defines an employee is who they are. Character. Yeah. Their character. Their story. And that's where the time needs to be spent. I wouldn't go out there and check you guys and write you guys up. What the fuck was I gonna do with that? You know what I did? I went out there and had coffee. We had yeah. lunch. We got everybody together. Engagement. Get everybody together. We had a sense of unity. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's developing people. That's what every fucking corporation misses, bro. Yeah, they absolutely. don't know how to develop people. And you know what I mean? And, and only in, in the taking apart of yourself do you learn how to develop a person. Absolutely. If you've never taken yourself apart, you will never know how to develop. It doesn't matter what the fucking culture at the corporate is or what the fucking book tells you to yeah. None of that matters. You need to fucking take yourself apart first mm-hmm. and then put yourself together. And the more that you're able to do that, the better you will be at putting people together and developing them. Mm-hmm. As I did that, mm-hmm. though, Andrew picked up on that. Yeah. He started to – I started to see this this leadership in you now. You would, you would take charge of things. I, I wouldn't have so much oversight. You would do a lot of things on your own. And it was like watching you grow like a snowball. Mm-hmm. You just, you went down the hill of the world and you got so big 
guys would tell him like, this guy's, he's picking up this, he's doing this account. I mean, we have no people, but it's just Andrew. They're wondering, how the fuck I was just picking every, is was this just... guy doing this? They're like, I don't know how you do it. It's scary. I mean, the guy was on a whole nother level. You, I, I watched you grow from that, from that sadness, that, that, mm-hmm. that, that broken piece. And if you guys allow me, I'm sorry to no, 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 please, please, please. But the only thing that David did was remind you who the fuck you were. Yeah. He was, he that's, was, that's, that's all he, he did. He was the conduit at that, that point. That's all he did. Yeah. He just reminded you who the fuck you were. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, you got to understand, the, 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 the magic doesn't happen from somebody else. It happens from within. Within you. Within. But he sparked it. Of course. Of course. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, showed, he, he took a mirror and said, look. Yeah. And I saw, inside of myself, yeah. I saw... And then again, I acknowledge the parts that where I failed in the relationship. Right. Nobody wants to fucking do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who wants to look at where you were wrong in the yeah, relationship? Yeah, where you're wrong. Yeah. Everyone wants to look at what the other person did wrong. Exactly. No, like, and like, it's funny because like I had a conversation, you know, <laughs> with my mom, and she had said some things that were maybe not so nice yeah. about said individual. Yeah. And I was like, mom. I, I love you to death. Yeah. And I completely understand you. I'm your son. Like, obviously, you don't want to see something like this happen. Right. It's like, but if I put my energy into thinking about how this person did me wrong or how awful this person is or whatever, whatever the case may be that made me feel the way that I feel, I'm going to continue to dig myself into a hole and that I'm never going to get out of. Yeah. And I was just like, I had to learn to just accept it for what it was. You know, it it ended when it ended for a specific reason. There's a bigger purpose at play here. I don't know what that is, and I, I I'm hoping down the line eventually, someday when my meat suit decides to go, yeah. I'll figure it out. Yeah. But it happened when it happened. I was able to in turn take a look at myself yeah. and rebuild yeah. and rebuild. You know what I did with all my past relationships? <clears throat> I went back to all of them. And I dissected them. And after I found the clarity, to be honest with myself, the relationships weren't the problems. It was the parts of me that allowed me to attract these type of women. Mm-hmm. And for me to be attracted to those type of women. I was, I was attracted to people that were emotionally unavailable. Mm-hmm. I've had women that have tried to love me. But to me, it's like, ugh, no. gross. Because <laughs> I don't love myself. That's fucking gross. Yeah. That you're Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Don't fucking love me. Mm-hmm. Don't fucking love me. What the fuck's wrong with you, <laughs> fucking moron? <laughs> you know what I mean? But it feels like that because it's like, I don't love myself. Of course that would be gross to me. Yeah. And so it's like, I attach myself to women that are emotionally unavailable because that's the way I view myself. Right. That's I'm, the way I view, view myself. I'm one of those guys that I just, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Yeah. I give it, I will give it to you. Yeah. And But see, that's the problem. That's not meant to be given. It's meant to be earned. earned. Yeah. And see, that's where I've failed in myself. It's yeah. just like, I, I just, I've left it on the sleeve. And it's just like, all right, now it's in your hands. Like, you can do whatever you're going to do with it. Like, whether it's you're going to stab it or you're going to cherish it, whatever it is, you know. And and that's something, that's another defect of mine that I've still been working on. Is like, 
being able to, you know, take that, put it back in here, and love all of me, and eventually that, that person will be there to earn that. So yeah. I don't have to, you know, just continue to wear out the sleeve. Yeah, because, you know what I mean? A, a big misconception is also this. Love is about connection, mm-hmm. not attachment. Yeah. Listen, this person that I'm talking to right now, I love them enough that I'd be very happy if they stayed in my life. But just like I planned my future and it's never worked out like I planned it, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. That's just the truth. Yeah. That's just the truth. But I love this person enough that even if I wasn't the choice that she made, I still love you because it has nothing to do with the outcome. Yeah. See, most relationships now are like, look, I'll love you as long as you act this way and do this and do that and do this yeah. and, and be I, this for me. You put conditions on love. Yes. yes. I love you, but yes. I love you if. <laughs> yes. You put a condition on exactly. The moment you say that, yeah. you don't love that person. No. Yeah. There is no, love does, has no conditions. Love has no conditions. It's not an object. It's not an object. Love has no conditions. You know what I mean? People talk about unconditional love. They don't grasp the fucking concept of it. What's the thing you say, Jesse? Grab love and bring it to me. Yeah. I'm like, what's what's more important to you? And people usually say, you know, fucking love. I'm like, okay, go grab it and bring it to me. Yeah. And they're like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> go, go grab. You say love's the most important thing grab to you, right? It. Grab it and bring it to me. You can't. See, love's not just uh, something that you feel for somebody else, but it's a way of life. Absolutely. It's a way of life. You you love everything. You love, that's just a way of life. It's not a relationship. It's not a relationship. A good relationship is not even love. It's, it's commitment. Yeah. It's a lot. It's commitment. Yeah. That's what a relationship is. It's not about love. Love, you know, your lady's fucking smoking and she's a 10 and then she pops three kids out and the body's not what it used to be. Love's not going to keep you there. Commitment to the relationship is what's going to keep you there. The good, the bad, the because, all in between. Because you, you make be, that commitment when you get married. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's about the commitment. You know, same thing for guys. You know what I mean? Fucking six packs, whatever, and then you fucking turn into a chubby dad. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, listen, love's not going to keep you there. Commitment to the relationship is what's going to keep. But you a there. big piece of that too is is. As the time goes on, the communication needs to be there. Yeah. Major. Over Major. anything else, the communication it needs to be there. Yeah. If you're dealing with something, you need to communicate that. Right. You need to have that open line of communication. Mm-hmm. I've always been huge on, on that aspect. Yeah. And it just so happened that in this past relationship, that person was not. Yeah. And didn't communicate some of the deeper things. Yeah. Well, that, that's a red flag. Yeah. That's a tell. Right. Well, it didn't come to light until exactly. afterwards. Well, no, he didn't. Life. He didn't want it to. He didn't want to acknowledge it. He's he's always known it's been there, and it's always bothered you in the back of your mind. But you didn't want to make a fuss about it because it would disturb things. Yes, and then, <laughs> but so it came to light a little bit after the dating had started, and after I started to fall for this person, and that's when that came to light. But I didn't want to take a step back at that point because yeah. like I, I enjoyed this person so much. Mm-hmm. And like, so I didn't, I, okay, we'll get, we'll get to that. It'll come. We'll, we'll be able to communicate about that at some yeah. point. And it never came up. It never came up. Yeah. 
But uh, going back to you know your your time uh, with your new job, you know after everything had happened, um, you wanted to move back, like you said. Yeah. So, so bad. So I ended up actually my sister ended up getting married um, last month, actually. And while I was there, I made a decision. I was like, you know what? I think it's time for me to make my decision and, and go back. I was like, I, I, I miss it here. I miss my family. I don't have that in California. It's a little bit farther away. So I <clears throat> came back, you know, back to work and everything. But I was looking at transferring down to but, Florida. But a couple things happened. And uh, I want to I get into this. Mm-hmm. Um, you have become extremely great at what you do. You have become a leader master mm-hmm. uh, to the point where even leadership was reaching out to your help. Yeah. You were helping people you weren't even supposed to be helping. You were doing the work you weren't supposed to be doing. But you have carried that team mm-hmm. in my absence. And you, you continue to. You try to get into other avenues. You try to get into sales. You try to get into other things. You weren't given that chance. There were constraints being put on you. Absolutely. Again, these were things where, hey, you have to be in your position for this amount of time. Or there's these classes you got to take. Or this preschool for frontline employees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now those things, as, as discouraging as they may be, um, it happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. Because then you did what? So I ended up applying in Florida for this position, which would technically be a promotion. Walk us through that. I, I, walk us through that conversation. I love how it happened. So I initially applied um, when I first got back. So, February, I first applied. But I accidentally did it the wrong way. February of this year? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Like last month. Okay. So, I applied initially for the position. Mm -hmm. Right. And I accidentally, apparently applied externally rather than internally. Mm -hmm. So, I lost my opportunity. So, I said, okay, whatever opportunity comes up first, whether it's here or there, my goal is to be back there. But if it comes up up here... I'll get the experience out here first, and then I'll go. Never came up. They promoted a couple other people before me. More than a couple. Yeah. So I said, okay. The position over there came up. I applied. I was at work, and they sent me an email that morning, and it said, here's your interview. Now, I didn't see this email until 15 minutes past this one. (laughs) And I got a call from the person who was supposed to be interviewing me saying, hey, did you get my text message? Or did you get my email? Right. I said, no, let me look. And I looked and I was like, oh, damn, like I just missed an interview. And they're like, all right, just give me five minutes and you know, you can hop on. So he tells me to log on, log on the interview. They asked me, you know, a couple questions. And then the, another person who was a little bit higher up. You can say his title. The operations manager came in. And he, I didn't know he was sitting in the interview. Yeah, he was just like, yeah. So it's it's safe to say that we're we're offering you the position. Right. Literally on the spot. Yeah. They offered me the job. Yeah. And I was like, wow, no brainer. Like, yeah. absolutely. They they said they want me. They'll take you know take the time that I need. I was like, I gotta obviously I want to do it the right way. Give my last two weeks out here and then move. Um, he he heard enough. Yeah. He heard enough. Listen. Like I tell David, I'm so good at sizing people up, and not as a virtue, just by default. Mm-hmm. Just by default. Not, it's not a virtue, and it's not like, oh, you know. 
because I've, I've been that version already. Mm -hmm. I resonate more with the fucking energy of, of your words and how you're carrying yourself than what you're saying. You're talking and it's just words. <laughs> There's a whole other conversation behind that that's <laughs> going on. See. And that's where I'm at. Absolutely. And that's where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And see, unless you build that, you know what I mean? So that guy heard it up. Yeah. That's why he just jumped in. He like fuck protocol. <laughs> yeah. Like who am I Let's fucking go. kidding? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because protocol flies out the fucking window when it's so real. Yeah. And, you know and, and I mean? that that was a conversation I had with Andrew after because the next day I talked to you. Was, yeah, the next day, the next day I, I talked to him, him and I was like, "Holy shit!" And I said, "Damn, there's a reason why you didn't get it down here. Yeah. You wouldn't get the same attention. You wouldn't get the same kind of energy. The same kind of people. Absolutely. There, there's a total shift. A, a different." A whole different agenda down here with that facility but that's a whole different conversation You're right. but it's not right for you yeah. and i was so happy for you man so happy of what you've yeah. grown how you uh, where you've come to now and, and what you be, what you become is happy it's i'm really happy that uh, i've got to watch you grow man I, and i'm glad i got i'm a little well, piece of i that. appreciate that because yeah, trust me I, I would not be where i'm at right now if it wasn't for you being that instrumental piece of my life so right. So I'm gonna start. Uh, where, how are we doing on time? Yeah, we. Uh, we're, I was gonna give Andrew two more minutes, and okay. you got the last time. Go for it. Oh man. Uh, yeah, I mean, so that's like the where we're at, not mm -hmm. the end of the story, but where yeah. we're at in the story yeah. of my life. Where the journey has come to so far. So in four weeks, I'll be going back down to Florida. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Uh, living with my sister for a little while until I can get you know on my feet, jumping into the job with you know new promotion and just you know it's. It'll be great because I'll be back around, you know, my family, which you know, has become more important to me, you right. know, as obviously the years are kind of going on. So, right. and my sister, you know, my niece is now two, you know, or about to be two. Wow. So I, I'm, you know, I want to be more of an instrumental part in her life. My nephew comes down from Connecticut to visit a lot, so I want to see him a lot more. So I was like, you know what? The only thing that was holding me out here was the job. I can transfer the job there where mm -hmm. I have, you know, and I've met a lot of great people out here, obviously. And, you know, it's sad to, to, to leave that piece, but at this point, like, I started to just weigh my options, you know, where where it made more sense, and it just made more sense being there. And, uh, and now we get to, you know, continue my growth back down there again. So That's great. I just continue into, I just, you know, I just want to be, a, just continue to be better for me. And I'm not even looking, you know, for anything like, you know, specifically relationships or friendship. Like, I'm not looking for I'm no just, expectations. I'm to, yeah, I'm just trying to be better. Yeah, like, I just want to be, be me. And it's funny that you talk, like, about, like, the conversation that's going on behind. Yeah. It's, you know, I, it's funny you hear a lot of people say, like, oh, I'm a great judge of character. Yeah. It's just like, all right, I'm looking through you yeah. and seeing the ghost yeah. behind you. Yeah. <laughs> And that's telling me exactly who you are. Right. Like that's yeah. what I'm looking at. Yeah. I, I can see the that vibration that yeah. you're you're at. Like you could be, you know, drop dead bombshell ten yeah. or you know, rip dude six foot and yeah. whatever. And I'm looking through that and yeah. I'm seeing that spirit and that ghost behind you. Because yeah. like that's who that's gonna tell me who you are. Yeah. I don't care, you know, like yeah, I wanna I'm I work out. I'm in, you know, decent shape. I yeah. try to stay in decent shape. You know, yeah. try to eat the the best that I can. And and it was funny. 
I don't know why I used to try, but a friend of mine <laughs> said that, you know, try and spitch work. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Like, you're doing it. Either you yeah. do or you don't. Yeah. And so, like, for me to say that is, you know, I'm, I'm doing better than I was. I'm still not hell perfect. Of a lot better, I'm not perfect. I'm not where I want to be yet, but I'm striving. Yeah. And I continue to strive. Well, let me recap this whole thing. I, there's a, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Peter Crone. It sounds familiar. They call him the mind architect. Okay. He has a beautiful quote that says, it, it couldn't have happened any other way because it didn't. So you got to understand that everything that's happened since the beginning when you were 12, with losing your father, your house burning down, your grandpa committing suicide, the addiction, the resentment you felt your mom for jumping into a relationship in, in your eyes too fast. You gotta understand that all of that has been putting you through the fire. All of that has been your journey to get to this level of realization and this level of enlightenment for yourself right now. Mm -hmm. Another beautiful thing that you said, I'm not looking for love. Beautiful, because the moment you start saying and vocalizing or telling yourself in, in your Putting mind, there, right? I'm looking for love, it sends out the message to the universe that you're in lack of it. Mm -hmm. Like when people say, I'm chasing money, also oh, you're in lack of it. Mm -hmm. And so the universe is only going to believe the story you're telling it. Would that be safe to say for kids too? People who just... Anybody. There's a lot of You know, words are have a spirit they're powerful that's why it's why it's called spelling well like i want kids or i want to be a mother yeah you don't want that you want the void that you imagine that that would fill i see you understand that i see you don't want that that's just something that you're telling yourself that that would fill the void that you feel and it's not true it's not true so in a relationship you got to be in relationship with yourself before you can have a healthy relationship with anybody else. 100%. And it's just a beautiful journey. And the best is yet to come, my friend. I mean, I, you know, from what I can tell, you and Dave have no business working for this company. <laughs> oh, my God. No, 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 no. no. Listen, no, I'm just being 100% honest, guys. You guys need to believe a little bit more in yourself. And you guys are starting to discover what your real purpose is. God didn't create an Andrew Morelli so that he could work in that position for this corporate company. He didn't create a David Mar a David Martinez so that he can, you know, work for the same corporate company. He sure as hell didn't create me to work for any fucking company. You know what I mean? And I know that now. I know that now. Listen, even if I struggle to make a living at, at, at this, you know what I mean? Fine. You know, I don't need much, man. You know what I mean? I'm... I'm single. I have no kids. You know what I mean? Um, More importantly, we're happy. And, and, and I have my health. And I have my health. Yeah. I, every morning, I wake up and I, and I thank God, bro, at the, corner, at the edge of my bed. You know what I mean? I'm like, uh, God, thank you for the breath in my lungs. Anything after this is perspective. Yeah. Anything after this is perspective. My doctor, you know, had an appointment the other day. I got a physical and he walked in and he said, how are you doing? I'm like, amazing. He was like, amazing. And I was like, damn right. He was like, I'd never hear that 
when people come in here to see me and I'm like, well, listen, man, as long as I got breath in my lungs, everything else is perspective. You're like, I like that. Yeah. And I'm like, isn't it true? You're like, absolutely. Absolutely. And we, bro, like, when your energy's right, you're going to build rapport with people on the fucking spot. Absolutely. It's it's like, you, it's like you're a fucking magnet and you just suck and them in. They, yep. It's an attraction. They can't help it. They want that. Just like you see a, you know what I mean? Depending on how shallow you are, but you see a guy in a nice fucking car, you're like, oh, I want that. Even as kids, when we used to see somebody yeah. in a nice car, like, oh, I'm going to have that car when I grow up. You know what I mean? Like, it's innate in us. Mm -hmm. But the, the higher that you develop yourself mentally, psychologically, spiritually, those things don't mean anything anymore. And now you're, you're attracted to energy and how people carry themselves and the words that they speak that fucking motivate you, that breathe breathe life in, in, in your own soul Absolutely. it's like soul recognition like oh shit we're, we're just kids in, in in a sandbox trying to figure out if we want to play with each other yeah <laughs> you know what i mean and at a soul level the, the, that's, the, what, it is. that's what it is yeah. we're kids in the sandbox trying to figure out if we want to play with each other you know that's what i mean so true. that's it that's it yep. and the soul speaks more than anything the soul speaks more than anything you know but that's you know, like I said, bro, it was an honor to have you as our first I guest. Um, you know, I see nothing but amazing things happening, bro. And like I said, I feel that eventually you're going to find your path and it's not going to be working for somebody else, bro. Oh, yeah. And if, if if it were, that's honorable too. But, but you're never going to stop giving, shedding light to other people and being that light that people admire because... Like I said, we don't teach any, anything to anybody. You know, knowledge, it's crammed in. But wisdom comes from it with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? We possess all the wisdom in the world. Mm -hmm. If we were made in God's image, and God, you know, brought life into Adam when he carved him out of, you know, we're, we're that. Yeah. Our consciousness is God. Our consciousness is God. Like I tell David, what's the first thing that the doctor does when you're born? He slaps you so you can start dreaming, so you can start breathing. breathing. The last thing that we do is take our last breath. When we go mourn somebody, we are mourning the body. Because the soul, the life force has left. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just like, uh, you know, in Spanish, you know, they say when somebody's being born, está uh, dando a luz. You know what I mean? Luz means light. You know, and, you know, I, I, you know, just to dive into to this real briefly. When we leave this meat suit, man, it's not the end for us. Oh, no. Just like we were alive in our mom's stomach and then we we're born into this earth. We're going to pass on to the next thing. Absolutely. And I tell David, David, I'm trying to get it right this time, this in this reincarnation, because I don't want to come back to Earth. <laughs> I think I was a god before. I think I was a fucking king before. You know what I mean? Right. So I want to get all my lessons out the way this time because I'm not trying to reincarnate back into this Earth. Well, I'm done with this shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done with the lessons. Let me let me nail this so I can finally move on. on I want to move on. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But that being said. Um, David, if you have any last thoughts or words, uh, no. Again, uh, I know we thank you several times, but uh, again, it's an honor. It's a it's a pleasure to have you here, to have the, the strength, the courage, and uh, to share your personal experiences, share Absolutely. your your pieces of your life. These are things that are near and dear to your heart, and things that you've carried with you for for a long time. Mm -hmm. And you've come on here on DNA the podcast 
with uh, Pallet Drop Jesse and Diamond Stack Dave. <laughs> <laughs> shared it with us. <laughs> but uh, we thank you. And um, we, this won't be the last interview. No. And, uh, you know, that was uh, part three of Integrating the Shadow Self with Andrew Morelli. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it. All right. Thank you, everyone. The Neighbor Podcast. They're so hot right now. <laughs> <laughs>